Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects. One subscription gets you everything with IXL Learning, and all the kids in your home work off one site from pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com IXLAV. Visit IXL.com slash IXLAV to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, made it to, uh, I don't know, me and BLG keep, uh, I think we're on a on a show number differential, but I'm going to go with 23, it might be 24, uh, BLG will tell you this morning as you're listening to this thing, but it is BGN Radio, and for this, we have the entire gang, minus our, our good friend Dave Mangles, who we will uh, hopefully get on on the next show, but the uh, whole gang's here because we got signings, we got Combine, I'm pretty sure everybody's pantless and excited. Uh, everybody's here. We'll do a quick intros. BLG, Editor-in-Chief of Bleeding Green Nation. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going? I'm glad to be here. And I think we're on episode number 25. I'm not sure. We did, we did double-check that. I'm not even sure. Uh, we're we're kind of smart, but we can't count, and, and that's okay. And, of course, uh, to his right in the beautiful Phoenix weather, uh, Mr. Mike K, what's going on? Uh, it's going well, man. Uh, I'm digging Brendan's always crisp enthusiasm towards the program. <laughs> Well, one man who's always excited. We uh, love him here dearly. Super producer, 97.5 The Fanatic, Mr. James Zeltzer. What's going on, pal? I'm doing good. Me and Howie are in talks for an extension, so I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, well, one guy we need to extend uh, is uh, our one of our draft experts and overall uh, awesome dude. Enjoys the quiches. Rivalrywares.com's Mr. Dan Klossner. What's going on, buddy? Keishas are very good, thank you. <laughs> and of course, it's not complete without the professor, the man of the greatest NFL knowledge that we know, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's going on, pal? Your flattery never, never stops. <laughs> well, Please. it's, you know, uh, the more money that pours in, uh, the better the compliments. So, uh, well, guys, it's uh, it's been a, a pretty busy day. Uh, Howie wanted to get uh, some extensions done, and he did it in the form of Kelsey and Peter's uh, and a giving the uh, the re-signing to Mr. Uh, Riley Cooper for uh, a lot of mixed results, I think, for Eagles fans and including 
trying to get a Jeremy Macklin deal done uh, as they're talking and in the works as we're doing this. If anything pops up, this podcast is going to go totally flip out and change its lid. But for now, uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, what do you make of all these signings and uh, and this going forward here? Oh, on a macro level, I think uh, you see how important it it is for the Eagles to retain their homegrown talent, or in the case of Peters, you know, a guy who's been here for a while now. Uh, you know, these these contracts they gave out, they're pretty pretty fair, I'd say. You know, I wouldn't call them an overpay by, by uh, any any means because, you, you know, you look at the guaranteed money, it's really not that bad. Uh, the Eagles have a lot of cap space anyway now and moving forward, uh, especially with Nick Foles on a, a rookie deal. Uh, that's huge. So I think you look at all these signings and all these moves, and I think you see, like I said, how important it is to keep the core of this team together, and and on different levels, you know, give a guy like Jason Peters, who's a veteran, who's playing well, you know, the money he deserves, and Jason Kelsey, who's playing really well, you know, the, the long contract, he deserves to give him some security as the team center, and then Riley Cooper, who had you know a, a year last year that was a career year for him. And, uh, you know, take advantage of being able to pay him uh, a fair deal. And I think, you know, you look at all these moves, and like I said, uh, I, I just think they're real solid moves. Yeah, and Mike, I know we've talked about this a little bit, and I'm, I've been back and forth with it. I don't mind the Cooper deal uh, that much. I probably would have let him walk if it was me, uh, but uh, it looks like it is a very team-favorable type of contract. What do you break down with uh, Riley Cooper's uh, contract there? Yeah, I mean, there's been different reports. Uh, I'm going to go with Ruben Frank on this one and that there's enough money guaranteed in the first two years that it becomes essentially a two-year deal. Um, he's seeing $1 million in guarantee in, in non-fully guaranteed money uh, in the third year, and then after that, there's no guarantee. So essentially, the Eagles have a two-year contract with three years of options. And I think, you know, that's what you want out of a guy like Riley Cooper. You want to see if his production can be sustainable. He's also a guy that you can use as a third wide receiver or a fourth wide receiver if, you know, they decide to restructure with him or if he wants some more guaranteed money down the road in that third year of the contract. And maybe he takes a pay cut, but he gets guaranteed money. So I think, with, at least with the Cooper signing, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I could have taken her or I, I feel the same way about him and Macklin. I think this wide receiver class is insane and uh, whether they spend a pick in the first or the fourth, I think they can have a starting wide receiver uh, come out of this draft and I think they will draft somebody in the first four rounds and to compete with those guys and they also have on the men's Aurelius Ben, who, if he's healthy, he's making this roster. He's a better player than Riley Cooper. Excellent plug and you can see that on uh, every Sunday. Is that correct? As you're going through, uh, we do it once a week. We like to, we're we, we don't wear ties to work. We like to uh, keep it, you know, on the even keel and decide whatever we want to post something. We post something, but we love our chat. Uh, James, you know the um, uh, Pro Football Talk comes out with uh, a report saying that Macklin wants a one-year deal. The Eagles want a multi-year deal. Do you think that is a smart move for Jeremy Macklin in these negotiations going on here? Or uh, do you think it's more of a risk that he's taking by taking that one-year deer and hoping for that big contract? I think it's a great move by Macklin. I think it makes total sense. I think you're looking at a Chip Kelly offense. You're looking at what Chip did for Deshaun, what Chip did for Riley Cooper. I mean, going into this season, you think anyone said at the end of this season, Riley Cooper's getting a five-year, $25 million contract, even you know only $8 million guaranteed? Yeah. Nobody would have guessed that. So I do think that, 
you know, Macklin sees the opportunity that he has to come into a, a Chip Kelly offense, sign a one-year deal at a reasonable number, show what he can do, and then go out on the open market and sign a, a, a longer, bigger deal. Because, look, look right now, if you, you know, what the Eagles want to do, maybe two years? I mean, no one's signing him to a five-, six-year deal right now. And, and even if they did, it would be far below what he could make if he's coming off a healthy productive season so uh, I, I'm totally in Macklin's camp here I think it's a great move by the Macklin camp and Dan Mike uh, touched on it a little bit here um, I don't know how you feel either about Cooper or Macklin both being back obviously Riley's here uh, but the draft class is deep with wide receivers so if if you are the Eagles right now are you more concentrated on getting Macklin in here or is does that create more problems in the draft are you trying to make a need that's not really there I don't really think there are any problems in the draft I mean, you know I don't think there's there's anything wrong with having Macklin Cooper at Deshaun Jackson and then also drafting one or two other wide receivers you know I know Ma- I know Mike loves Aurelius Ben and who knows what happens with Avant but yeah and then you have Brad Smith I think there is a real spot there for another wide receiver um you know and this way if also if you get one of these really good wide receivers in the draft you don't have to throw them in to be a top two or top three guy immediately they can be more of a a fourth guy, a package guy, and then you can bring them along a little more slowly. Um, I don't know. Seems like it would be a good problem to have. I still think that there is going to be, you know, Howie has said before that there could be a wide receiver that they, you know, that they like in every single round. Um, and I uh, definitely, I mean, if you were going to take a wide receiver in any draft, this seems to be the one. So I don't think, you know, having too much talent at that at a single position is never a bad thing. So yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Would you, you think it's imperative that they do sign Macklin? to complete it i i mean i I, that would be nice that's what i'm hoping happens (laughs) is it imperative i mean you saw the way the offense managed without him this year so i mean it is possible but it would certainly be nice to 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 add him to the mix already all right we're gonna get to patrick here in just a second blg's got a quick point though yeah going off what dan said i mean uh if let's just say you do resign macklin to that one-year deal well then you know are you really going to pass up on a wide receiver because you have Macklin here for one year? No, that doesn't make sense to me because, you know, what if he leaves in free agency or something? I mean, you, you don't want to look into the future and have, you know, have passed on a wide receiver that was on the board there and then Macklin's gone and then you didn't get that receiver. So, no, I agree with Dan about the uh, the wide receiver thing in the draft. And Patrick, there's been... Or, some- the, most, or, the, or the more likely scenario is that he isn't 100% healthy and Ben might not be 100% healthy and then you've got a hole at your fourth wide fourth or third wide receiver and, you know, you shame on you for not taking a guy early who has talent and developing right. him into a future starter. And, uh, Patrick, do you think there's there was a little bit of discussion today as far as, like, yeah, there, there might be a little bit too much money tied up in the wide receiver position. Uh, do you agree or disagree with that in any way? I don't disagree, but more importantly, I don't think Chip does. I don't think you're going to – I don't think the head coach of this football team is going to say, no, no, too much invested in receivers. With the way that this class is sort of lining up in the draft and the, the way that the dominoes seem to be falling for the Eagles, uh, re-signing guys, hopefully, you know, we get a Macklin deal done here soon. I I think you build on your strengths, and right now, obviously, the uh, strength of this Eagles team is its offense. So I think if you have a coach like Chip, it almost behooves you to spend more money in places like receiver at a position where, you know, it might be a little bit more premium than other places and then trust him and his coaches, his coaching staff to use those players effectively, to put them in good positions, to create mismatches. And I just think you have a tremendous opportunity in this draft to bolster your core, maybe get something 
that gives you a different look that we didn't have last season. And then again, if you can bring in Macklin, it's just another dimension. Uh, I'm all for spending more money than maybe other teams would for, for the receiver position. And, uh, you know, the other guys that we really haven't talked about too much, uh, Jason Kelsey pretty much gets a uh, retire as an Eagle contract along with Jason Peters. Um, Mike, do you see any downfalls in either of those two contracts? Uh, I mean, you know, with Jason Peters, uh, you know, when offensive linemen, especially tackles, drop in production, they drop really hardcore. Um, after Trey Thomas left the Eagles in 2009, he signed with the Jaguars and played very sparingly, um, looked like a shell of himself. Uh, John Runyon went to the Chargers, didn't play very well. I mean, tackle is a position where you need to be athletic. And, you know, as somebody who is, whose game is predicated so much on athleticism, Peters, if he goes south, you know, uh, you're hoping that those two years of guaranteed money or you can get the best out of him there and then cut loose with him. And then with Kelsey, you know, in my opinion, he's probably the most important of the three signings. Kelsey is a very, very, very good player. He's going to be a perennial pro bowler. Uh, he could be a perennial all-pro, too. Um, and I think it's also important to, at least Howie, to have guys that are homegrown that stick around for a very long time. The old regime was known for kind of throwing guys by the wayside when they got too old, and I think there was a disconnect between the front office and fans due to that reason. So I think with Kelsey, it's a PR move, it's a roster move, and it's a talent move. And I think that uh, there, there's literally no, no downside in that contract at all. Uh, James, do you think that, you know, I was just thinking of this, because of all these extensions and things, you heard Deshaun Jackson say, yeah, I think I outplayed my contract. Uh, a lot of people reacted negatively to that without really knowing that, well, I mean, if they did that, it kind of, they restructured his contract, it might actually be really beneficial to the Eagles. Do you think that ever comes up before free agency or training camp this year? Yeah, I think there's a chance. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be something that's at the, the forefront of Howie and Chip's mind. I, I think that um, it, it's definitely a possibility. And if it's something that's going to clear up cap space early on, sure, it makes sense. And it seems with a lot of these contracts that they are front-loaded. Um, so they are kind of saving space to re-sign the Fletcher Coxes, the Brandon Boykins, the Michael Kendricks, uh, you know, the Nick Foles, the guys from these last few drafts that have had such an a, you know important impact on this team. Um, so I, I do think that I think what you see from these three signings, especially the Kelsey signing, is, is you see a plan from Howie Roseman. You see a, a map of where he wants to go moving forward, of kind of you know leaving space open to re-sign guys who could be core parts of this team, while also leaving flexibility to make moves in free agency, to you know bring in new draft picks and and bring them along. I, I just think that it seems like there's a clear plan right now with this team, which is something I didn't feel like we had, uh, you know, in, in the past decade, you know, not decade, you know, the past five years leading up to that. And why is it that in this city, two non, uh, you know, former players being at uh, Mr. Hinky and Mr. Roseman are having, uh, it looks like they're having a little more success than the Holmgrens and the Amaros of this world who are former players. You know I think it, well. I think I think it shows that I think it's I think it shows that that being a general manager of a sports team has very little to do with whether or not you played the sport. Yeah. It has to do with wow. intelligence. It has to do with the ability to to look at numbers. To you know, there are so many statistical analysis. There are so many things that go into this that it, you know you want a smart person in that job, and whether or not they played the sport should have zero impact on that job. Two words, you guys: Excel spreadsheets. 
Big, it's true. Well, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to lead up to an exciting free agency period for sure, which is, geez, that's only two weeks away, man. Ugh, everything's getting closer. Ooh, it's almost football March season. March 11th. I know, it's crazy. Yeah, March 11th. Uh, but one thing that did happen over the weekend and uh, part of the week, the combine finally finished up, and that's when the hype train, the chatter, all begins and starts to look out. Dan Klossner, who impressed you the most after this uh, extended uh, combine weekend? Well, I hate the draft, so I didn't even watch the combine. But Jadavian <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Clowney did, did what freak shows do. That's uh, pretty much pretty much what I expected. Um, if you go back to our podcast going under the pr- combine, yeah. I said that Dre Archer would run the fastest forty, and that yes. if you bet on it, you can make well a done. Push. Well done. Yep. I will. I'm patting myself in the back here. Se- second fast. It ended up being the second fastest ever after Johnson, correct? Yeah, he tried, but he, he just missed it by point zero two seconds. So wow. what can you do? Crazy. The crazy. crazy thing is that he took the same amount of steps to run that that Calvin Johnson did in his. Yeah, it was oh. which is, which wow. is absurd. That's a little guy. That's crazy. He'd be a lot of fun in our offense, just literally doing anything with the ball in his hands. So that's another guy. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin did not have a very good combine. No, no. That's Mike's boy. Uh, It looked like he was running with with poop in his pants (laughs) during the 40. (laughs) Or or cement in his shoes, whichever one. And that's okay Um, with the, uh, what was it, uh, where they keep throwing the balls at him and then turn up the yeah, also the gauntlet. That the also gauntlet. Gauntlet. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, that great. Yeah, that, that was also not one of his uh, shining moments. Um, Mike Evans is a freak with yeah. longer arms than like every other person in human history. Um, he also and he also what did he end up running? Was it a? Uh, it, it, it was a four, four nine. Was it four four nine? Four four eight? No, it might have been four five three. Okay, well whatever the case. Oh, four, it was. It was Clowney, four five three. Clowney, was four five three. Right. Right. Okay. Now another guy, a guy who uh, from, at the safety position, who um, I've talked. Sorry, sorry, up to real quick. Evans was four point six. Just looked it up. Okay. Oh, it wasn't. He was a four six. I think it was unofficial. Wow. He went in four five three, and then it became a four six. Oh, okay. All right. Well, still I like him. Anyway, <laughs> um, a safety who who uh, has generated a little bit of buzz is uh, Jonathan Dowling from Western Kentucky. I have um, I have tweeted about him before, way back in October, like November and stuff. He's a former uh, Florida guy. He, uh, he was kicked now, Listen to this, very impressive He was kicked off of Florida's football team I mean It's hard to do gotta, <laughs> Yeah, he was, it's really hard to do, so that's impressive But he was kicked off Florida's football team for not going to class And clashing with coaches Wow um, So for yeah. clashing with coaches, basically Yeah, yeah basically. Aaron Hernandez did not get kicked off Florida's football team <laughs> yeah. But the thing about Dowling is that he's 6'3 Now that he's 190 pounds, so he's a twig But he's very long, very athletic and fluid I think he's the best coverage safety in terms of having like a, a center field kind of role um, in this draft when you combine fluidity, athleticism, instincts, and ball skills. Uh, he said that a lot of teams talked to him actually about playing cornerback in the NFL, which was interesting. Given given his size profile, he also ran like a 4-5. He only put up eight on the bench, which is not, you know, not surprising. Um, he did really well in the agility drills. He's a guy who I think that the Eagles could end up targeting. You know, I, I think that he's a day two talent. Uh, but it's going to depend on his interviews 
whether and you know I, I kind of would imagine he ends up going in the like fourth round you know something like that yeah it'll, it'll be uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see what uh, what the end of, it's I don't know what they're gonna do and that's and that's uh, I think the most frustrating part there's they can go in a million different directions and I just want to kind of open up to everybody too this is just a general question why does Teddy Bridgewater suck now why did he just drop from one the number one rated quarterback to three he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. I don't. I don't really understand that at he's, all. He's I mean, still my number one quarterback, so that's you know. Yeah, he's mine as well. I don't really understand that whole conversation. I know Bill O'Brien has a connection to Bortles, and Johnny Manziel has a Texas connection, and everybody thinks he's either the biggest boom ever, or the biggest bust. But I mean, Teddy Bridgewater to me is Donovan McNabb or or uh, or Steve McNair coming out of college. So. Uh, I mean, I think it's ludicrous that people are dropping him. They've obviously just either started watching tape and then are going into it thinking, hey, how can I compare Johnny Manziel and Bortles to him and not giving him a fair evaluation, or they're just not good at what they're doing. So I don't really understand that at all. I think people are just kind of looking to pick holes in a prospect by this point. You know, Bridgewater was the consensus number one pick for so long, and you see it every year this happens with guys. I mean, you know, they get put up on a pedestal, and then slowly but surely, everybody wants to find the littlest flaws in their games and magnify them. So, I think you're, I think you're seeing that's kind of happening with Bridgewater. I, listen, I personally, like I said, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. I don't, you know. Well, I, you know, I kind of feel that way about, I, 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 you know, I got to defend my boy KB. I mean, Mike, you know, Mike likes him is probably way more than I do, but I, the guys that I follow on Twitter, which is not a very good sample size, but. Uh, the you know just a uh, lot of bashing towards him all of a sudden. I think I th- and it, it's guys that say go back and trust the tape and go back and trust the tape. And then the combine happens, and then that that's not very good. And then all of a sudden, it's like oh he sucks. Yeah, here's the thing: his tape <laughs> his tape hasn't changed at all. You know, it's just an ugly combine. I I was telling Mike about this you know last week. I still before the combine I thought he was a second round pick. After the combine I think he's a second round pick. Yeah. You know, nothing has changed. It's just it's easy to. You know, say, oh, look at that. He's basically a tight end, you know? Wait, here's my question, and it's going to be gunfire. I want to go around. Riley Cooper, Kelvin Benjamin, Patrick, what's your answer? What's the question? The unknown. Benjamin or Cooper? I'm glad I don't have to choose, but I'll go with the unknown on that. I'll roll those dice. Dan? Benjamin. Mike? Benjamin. James? Uh, You know, I I was going to go Benjamin, but everyone going Benjamin makes me want to lean Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. It's all about the Benjamin. At least, we, at least we've seen him perform on an NFL level. Benjamin's raw still, you it know. It took him three years. It took him three years to get a half a decent season and get paid. And him do something. But, yeah. I, I, you know, I, ultimately, like I said, my gut was to go to go with Benjamin. But BLG? A, a, a devil's you know, I'm looking here at uh, his spider graph on mock draft. <laughs> and Not good. It's really not pretty. I mean, he's only really top percentile in things like height, weight, hand, uh, hand size, and arm length, which is great because, I mean, those are some good measurables. But, I mean, his his 20-yard shuttle is like the, the 10th percentile. 60 yards is the one. Three-cone drill is the three. I mean, these are like just some horrible numbers. And these player comparisons he has are just, I mean, Ramsey's Barden. Like, I look at that, and I'm just well, like... I mean... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this site means everything, and I'm not saying he's Ramsey's Barden. Like, um, make no mistake, but I'm just saying that, you know, I'm just not easily sold on this guy yet, and you know, I have to go back and look at the tape. Well, I mean, if, if you look at, at, at Benjamin, 
I think you're eventually going to see him go into a role kind of like Jared Cook, where he's essential. I mean, those times are, are horrendous. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he fell in the second round just because of that for people that view him as a first. But some people saying he's going to fall to the third, I think absolutely absurd. I think you could see he ran a time that was just under what Eric Ebron ran. So it could be the guy's want him to be a move tight end. I mean, I, I, you know, he's still faster than Zach Ertz, and we praise Zach Ertz all the time. So, I mean, I, I don't think that that's far-fetched. I think he can easily add weight. Uh, he's long. Uh, you can't teach size. And, I mean, I think somebody's going to draft him in the second round just based on his, his measurables. Yeah, and I just don't I, – I, I don't know. I don't get it. I, I think it's um, – I'm not saying I, I hate the Riley Cooper contract. I actually think it's uh, – a, 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 it's a it's a good contract. Uh, I just I'm not sure. It, it baffles me because we we're I was going back and forth in the the BL, uh, the BGN boards, uh, and I and I think it was uh, down the, the rabbit hole. Yeah, it, and it just amazes me how many people are putting Cooper up on a pedestal that I'm not sure if he deserves it. And I'm not saying that he's that he wasn't a great player last year. As soon as Foles came in, chemistry is a big deal. He's a great blocker. He's uh, he definitely could beat one-on-one coverage against some teams, but it's going to be a tougher schedule this year. And I don't, I don't know. He's going to see better corners. I'm not completely sold that he's going to have just as a productive year as he did last year. Um, did anybody else feel that way? Or I'm counter what you're saying right now. I feel like you know at the same time he's not necessarily going to be your number two. You know what I mean? He's not. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, that was my point. I guess is that. A lot of people are forgetting how good Jeremy Macklin is. Yeah, and, exactly. And Not only that, you got to remember the chemistry he had with Nick Foles when they when he was playing. You know, everybody talks about Cooper's chemistry. They it, they had insane numbers together, Macklin it's, and Foles. It's, it's, yeah, that that yeah, Tampa game. Oh my god. Yeah, the, oh. the Tampa game was ridiculous. The uh, didn't uh, uh, when uh, Deshaun went out Arizona game, didn't he? Yeah, uh, well, he was suspended that day. Oh, suspended! Right, right. It was yeah, the Panthers was game last year where we got hurt. That's right. I, I just yeah. remember after that, he. I mean, and uh, I forgot who brought up the point, but four different quarterbacks, and he said really good numbers with all four of them. Yep. Um, sorry, and James, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Were you trying to? What were you trying to say? I I wasn't trying to say anything. We're oh. good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then shut up. <laughs> well, I, I, no, I was actually, I was actually going to make the same point as BLG, just saying that, uh, you know, Cooper might not be as good as he was last season, but I don't think that's what he's going to be asked to do anyway. So I, I think that he's going to fit a specific role, which could be very helpful this season. Okay, okay so, so if, if they, they don't, don't, if if, if Macklin walks, what's your situation then? What is he going to be expected to do? Yeah, but I don't think Macklin's walking. I, 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 I'm just, I'm just, you know, playing. Devil yeah, if he doesn't, then then it's a different story, and then maybe you consider taking a receiver higher than you did before, or, or maybe you look at free agency and try and bring someone in. Um, but I, I, again, I, I really think that Macklin's going to be back. I, I would be really surprised if he's not. Yeah, all signs John, are pointing you. to that still. Yeah. I mean, even though we we saw the report today that uh, they are split. I mean, everyone seems to be pretty optimistic that he is going to return. And there's still 12 days until the start of free agency, but we'll see how it goes. And, and if they do re-sign Macklin or, or he walks, it doesn't really matter right now in this draft process. If you re-sign him to a one-year deal, I think you have to pretend like he's – yeah, he's on the roster, but it's not that big of a concern if you're going to draft competition for him or Riley or whoever. I think 
this year you you've got two guys coming off of ACLs and Ben and Macklin. You you've got to pretend like they don't exist, and whatever you get out of them is huge. You know what I mean? Like I think I think you have to target a wide receiver and in you know rounds two to whatever I, I think that it's essential that you're consistently getting talent in there because just because Macklin's good this year or he does well this year he's another snap away from carrying his ACL again so I think what you have to look at is you know the ability that he has to come back from the injury um, the upside that comes with that and also what can you get out of a wide receiver in this draft class you're going to want to develop a wide receiver anyway. Having Macklin on the team or not, the guy isn't probably going to play right away unless he's Deshaun Jackson who gets thrust in a role because Reggie Brown injures himself. Yeah. So I think with Macklin, in an ideal world, you have Macklin, Cooper, Ben, and Deshaun getting the majority of the snaps. you got Ertz playing tight end and wide receiver. You've got Selleck in there, too. Uh, if you bring back James Casey, awesome. You already have a boatload of weapons. But if you're drafting, you're looking at the big picture. And if you get a guy in the third round, you can develop behind the scenes. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. This offense is already stacked. If you want to stack it even more, perfect. Yes. It's, you know, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like we said earlier. I mean, it's kind of like we said earlier. I don't remember if it was James or Patrick. I'm sorry, but, you know. I think when you have a coach like Chip Kelly, and I 100% agree with this, when you have a coach like Chip Kelly, you keep building on your strength because eventually you're just going to beat the shit out of everybody else's defense, and then the defense can play to hold on to, to the same leads. Well, and that's the thing, too, and that's a, ch- a little bit of chatter that I've heard today is uh, what about the defense? So, James, what about the defense? What, are the, uh, yeah. w- what do you do there? I mean, I think we've talked about it before on the show. I think that, you know, clearly the defensive secondary needs help. You know, they need a safety or two. Uh, they need another cornerback. Uh, and, and they need an edge pass rusher. I think those are the, the three clear needs on the defense. Uh, you know, you could argue, is Benny Logan a, a nose tackle and a 3-4? Maybe, maybe not. They might need a bigger kind of guy there. But I, I think that clearly they need an edge pass rusher, and clearly they need help in the secondary. And, and I think they're going to address those needs. I, I definitely think we'll see a, a safety or cornerback brought in in free agency and i think that in the draft they are going to address those needs and and i agree with, with what mike said i think if you just build up that offense with chip kelly if you're unstoppable in a sense you're unstoppable uh but i do think that the the holes on this team that are, are more apparent more clear are on the defense and are in the pass rush and in the defensive secondary yeah and i just i i am uh brandon wrote an article about this just after the super bowl and i'm a huge it's my biggest pet peeve Defense does not win championships. It does not. I'm so tired of that argument. It is. It, it drives me insane. Defense Seattle gives Seahawks you, agree with you. What's that? <laughs> no, that what I'm saying is, the C- they had, but, I mean, uh, a top five running back in Russell Wilson, and, hey, their offense isn't that bad either. You got to score points, too. Great head coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're great organization, there's just no, great GM. There's no one way to win anything. Just be good. Be almost the best in the NFL at what you do. That's all you got to do. Because the Bears in 2006 should have won a Super Bowl if that was the case. No, I think you're I right. Mean, to be if, fair, if, the Colts if, defense played really well in that Super Bowl. Yeah, well, I think if you can do one thing better than everyone, like substantially better than everybody else, you can win it all. Whether whether it's offense, defense, you know, if there's one thing that you do the best out of everybody, you have a chance. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with that too. But again, and then it, it goes to the management too. And that's something that the Eagles have been good with lately, given Howie Roseman's moves. I mean, you look at what Seattle did and, you know, they brought in a quarterback who played well on a really cheap deal uh, in Russell Wilson because they took him in the third round. And that allowed him to have a lot of money to sign the guys they, they signed in free agency last year, those pass rushers they signed. Uh, you know, they took a guy like Richard Sermon in what, like the fifth round? And he was right. a wide receiver. They converted him. Uh, they took, you know, uh, what's his name? Malcolm. Who who won the Super Bowl MVP? Malcolm Smith. Yeah. Malcolm what was he? Like a seventh round pick or something? He was a seventh. He was a six. Or a six. I, I mean, I so think you have. He was have, a seventh. I think he was a seventh. Yeah, it was a bit. Well, he wasn't even invited about, to the combine either. It wasn't just about, you know, like defense or offense. You know, it's about having good management that makes shrewd moves. Uh, they they made a, a trade with the Eagles. You know, they made a trade with the Eagles to get Chris Clemens, who really didn't do much here, but, you know, he's been huge for them. So, I mean, it, it's not just about, you know, offense and defense, although I do agree to an extent, you know, you want to build up one side. You know, you have to make these smart moves to, to get talented players, and that's what the Seahawks did, and I think that's the kind of model that you want to look at, and I think that's what the Eagles have been doing. Uh, like, they, they have a good start. The past couple of years, you have a couple of good drafts here. You had a good free agent class last year, and that's what I think you need to do again this year. Mike, I know you got to get uh, running here, but uh, tell me a little bit more about the uh, safety positions. Yeah, you know, we, we, we talked about the combine earlier, and we talked about guys that are kind of having their reputation kind of spoiled or, or you know, falling like Teddy Bridgewater. There's a guy, and it annoyed me so much during the combine coverage uh, when they were talking up, you know, Calvin Pryor and Ha Ha Clinton Dick. Um, and there's a guy who is just right behind them uh, named Dion Buchanan out of Washington. Yeah, and the guy absolutely destroyed the combine. Washington State. <laughs> oh, yeah, Washington State. My bad. I'm sorry about that. Good call. Washington State. So he's six foot one, two twelve. He finished third in the bench for safety. He finished third in, in uh, the 40. He finished third in the three count. He finished third in the in the vert, and he finished four, uh, second in the broad jump for all, all for safety. Now the question coming in for him was, was his change of ability, his uh, ability to change direction, and his speed. Well, he ran a four four nine at six foot one and two twelve at the safety position, and then ran a, a six point nine nine uh, three count, which shows he's got really really solid hips for a safety. So I think he's the type of athlete that can last until the second or the early third round, and the Eagles can really jump on him. I mean, I, I, he had a better four. He literally did everything better than uh, Quentin Dick and Pryor. And not that it's all about the combine, but the guy also has a lot more experience than both of them. He's a four-year starter at Washington State. Um, he was an all-pack 12 selection twice or three times, uh, two or three times. Um, and he, you know, he's a big hitter. He's not a great tackler. I mean, he does have his weaknesses. But I think he's the type of guy, uh, if the Eagles choose not to go in the first round, that has a pretty nice feeling, but not a very low floor. And I think with guys like Pryor and, and, and Clinton Dick, those guys have higher ceilings than him, but they also have lower floors. And one thing with Buchanan is, uh, you know, we looked at last year's draft and we saw – Kelly drafted a bunch of guys who did great against him in college. Matt Barkley, uh, Zach Ertz, guys like this, Jordan Poyer. Well, you consider that Dion Buchanan had 
uh, three of the 23 interceptions thrown from 2010 to 2012 of Oregon Duck quarterbacks. Ding, ding, ding. Chip, uh, Chip with his familiarity, still has a big advantage for the next couple of years here. So um, I, it's 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 exciting. I'm going to say uh, maybe get uh, get your ring sizes ready there, fellas. Uh, <laughs> it might uh, might be coming along. But, uh, Mike, I know you got to run, buddy. Thanks for joining in on all the fun, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks, Ben. Well, thanks to Mike K., obviously, for uh, hanging out with us. We don't get to do it often, so it's, it's quite nice. But, uh, Patrick, not only do you have some uh, awesome Molly Sullivan knowledge, but uh, the uh, gracious of uh, some free agency and safety talk as well. Lay it on me, sir. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing specific about any particular players in general. I would just kind of wanted to mention that you know, actually, uh, the Dan Clausner and I were sort of chatting about this off air before. Uh, I think you have a, a, an opportunity in free agency to maybe uh, grab a safety, not of the uh, caliber of a TJ Ward or Jarius Bird, because it sounds like they're going to get franchised. And I don't really think you want to give up assets in this draft to go and get a 27-year-old safety. But I think you can probably go out and get a mid-tier guy who you can maybe have compete with an Earl Wolf or a Nate Allen if you bring him back. And I think that sets you up really well for the draft because, again, you don't want to be stuck in a Jaquan Jarrett situation where you feel like you absolutely have to draft a position. I think we're, those days are sort of behind us now anyway, but uh, I guess maybe I don't feel the urgency at safety that I know uh, most Eagles fans are feeling. So, um you know, I think I think free agency that mid-level thing almost is a blessing in disguise in that it I don't think it's going to force Howie and the Eagles to overpay for a mediocre player, and then you can potentially, you know, draft somebody that you feel good about in the early rounds if, if they're there, and you don't feel like it's a wasted pick or it's you know a first-level guy that you have to sit. Um, so you know, I think these moves in the last couple of days have shown us that. The Eagles are trying to lock up their core guys. You know, Kelsey, Kelsey and Cooper were drafted by the Eagles. <clears throat> excuse me, drafted by the Eagles. And, uh, you know, Jason Peters kind of feels like he's been a long time. Eagle. He's been here forever. Um, so I think you build to the draft. You get those kind of core guys. You get a nice guy in the secondary in the draft who can start for the next five to seven years. Uh, I think that's awesome. And, you know, that's sort of where we'd like to go, I think. Well, yeah, and, and BLG uh, pointed that out when we were talking about the Seahawks, too, and it's just like, you got to realize that you have, I mean, gee, many crickets. We said this during the season. Riley Coop, all these guys are having had career years almost this year. Practically everybody. It's only going to get better. So if, uh, if you have that type of coaching in place already, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen in year two. And I'm still on board with draft offense and draft it heavy and figure out the defense where you can grab it because I really think that this could be uh, an unstoppable offense in the next year or two. So final thoughts, BLG. Um, let's, you know, let's just keep the offseason rolling. Howie Roseman's doing a good job. Let's let's keep it going. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like we said before, I think Howie clearly has a plan. Um, you know, I, I think we are going to hear that Macklin is signed either for one or two years, most likely one year. Uh, I think that Macklin's kind of camp will win out on that. Um, I, I think that we'll hear that soon. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's just fun to be at a spot again with this team where you have confidence 
in the front office, in the coaching staff, where you feel like they're going to make the right decisions. Uh, and it's something we had, you know, a decade ago and for a while with Andy Reid, and it's a, it's a nice feeling to have again. Um, I don't feel we had enough combine talk. <laughs> lay, it, lay, lay, lay it down, buddy. Give oh, me, give, just run the gamut like you usually I just, do. I just saw this YouTube video of somebody throwing this trash can on top of somebody. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was bad. Anyway, let can me you give you a safety? few of my uh, my final top performers. Some other guys who I liked. Who I t- Bruce Ellington, <laughs> the wide receiver slash point guard from South Carolina. He was he was great. I think he'd be a fun slot option. Um, all right, I won't do any more. Final final thoughts, not random thoughts. Do we it's do we have like a, a, a do we have like a sleep sound effect where it's like you know a snore or something? Like that? I think I think we are in for a very exciting and eventful off season. Beauty. Those are my final thoughts. Um, final final. <laughs> Patrick Wall, final thoughts. Wait, I wasn't done. I'm just oh, it's okay. No, you go right ahead then. No, no, I'm done. Oh, my boy Logan Thomas also had a freaky combine, you know? He did. He did. I still say you All take right, him so late. Someone okay. meet that guy's mic. Patrick Wall, go. One of the things that I thought was really telling about the press conferences today, uh, Jason Kelsey said that he felt a new energy in the building, and you heard all the three guys who signed uh, over the last couple of days say how excited they were. I think more than anything, that kind of intangible stuff gets me excited about the offseason. Uh, you have a fresh energy in the building that, you know, after year one is only intensified. I know there was a lot of talk early in the season, you know, when things weren't going as well, the chip had sort of flamed out already. So it's nice to feel like the players have really bought in and, and all feel like the best is yet to come. I think even though the schedule might look harder on paper, I think you're just going to see an exponentially better team uh, this coming season. And, and it's always fun to see the dream of, 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 of free agency and, and the draft and seeing the players that you like come to the Eagles and, and, you know, we get to do these podcasts and talk about how we think they're going to fit in. And it's exciting. I'm ready to go. Two weeks. And this is the second year with Chip Kelly. So think about like, like what, what Patrick was saying with exponentially getting better, you know, the first year's done in the program and now the second year is everybody is acclimated. I think that they're only, you're only going to see accelerated um, gains in terms of how much better guys perform, just being more comfortable in the system. And um, you know, just being being around that, you could these guys really do genuinely feel that way about the energy in the building, and everybody's just they they can't wait for you know mini camps and then for training camp and for the season. So yeah, neither can we. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be exciting. Uh, with the exception of uh, probably well, the two guys that are won't feel it the most are gonna be Patrick Chung and Jason Avon, who we really didn't get into that much, but. Uh, uh, hopefully, it'll be uh, more exciting news as we come uh, come through the weekend here and into free agency. We know it's going to be a lot of fun, and we thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com.
And of course, I've, I feel like we've uh, we've just completely neglected. He's just hanging out with his pants down and waiting to be jerked off. But uh, nobody's helping him out, Mister Patrick Wall. Uh, that was a bad, terrible line. I'm gonna. Not <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to go real funny, and it turned real weird and disgusting in like five seconds. Yeah. It's the, I think the third jerk me off joke you've made on since I've joined this I know, podcast. Yeah, no, I don't know what it is. It's just your pretty face. Um, <laughs> Did you guys know that Patrick has two tattoos? I didn't know that. No, you're kidding me. Sorry, Patrick. This is what happens when you go to basketball games with me. <laughs> How was the game, by the way? Oh, it was awful. <laughs> great. Well, they lost. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody spilled a beer on Dan. It was great. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Sat right next to Molly Sullivan, which is weird because it looked like she was like at the zoo. She was like an <laughs> She is woman. not attractive. Good body. Oh man, we have we have debates about this in the Liberty Bars email thread. Yeah. Pretty she intense. Is, well, listen, she cakes on the makeup. Also, her toes are totally weird. She has like a a oh, French God. toe manicure pedicure. I don't even know. I have never seen that know. before. Oh, my gosh. You're going off the rails yeah. here a little bit. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aren't you guys happy you know that now? Yes. Yeah. I, I tuned it out. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> wow. All right. Here we go. 